Leonard Yulner. It was his 306th birthday last week. Unfortunately, he is no longer with us. He was a Swiss mathematician and physicist, and he is known for creating efficient notation. Fx, pi of i, e, a, b times c. These are all just things that when you think of Yulner, you think of math. He created some formulas. e to the power of i times x equals the cosine of the x plus the sine of x times i. Or maybe you know his identity. e to the power of i times pi plus 1 equals 0. You guys don't know this? <laughs> well, you know, that's okay. This is his characteristic. This is his basic math equation. f minus e plus v equals 2. Or number of faces plus the number of vertices minus the number of edges equals 2. Okay, I guess you guys don't really love Euler like I love Euler, but that's because I like math and I like numbers and I like equations because that makes sense. Let me help you understand. These formulas, these equations, these characteristics is what helps us make graphs. It's just a really easy way of describing how we make a U or how we make a bar graph or how we make a 3D object. It's the beginning of video games, the beginning of animation, the beginning of everything that we know and understand on the television that isn't real. Paul also had a characteristic. G plus E equals N. Or grace plus everything equals nothing. This is what he says to the Galatians in chapter 1 and throughout the rest of the book. The church of Galatia is being bombarded by the Judaizers. They don't fully grasp the concept of grace yet because they're new to it. They don't get that it is just grace. And it is a big deal because this is the first you know, kind of reaction we see to uh, Paul's missionaries journey. This is one of the first or second you know, letters he's writing. And if this church fails, then maybe the whole entire church fails. This is a really big moment in the history of the church. So I'm going to start in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Verse 10, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Those are some pretty harsh words. It seems that Paul really cares for these people, but also really cares about Christ. With Paul, everything is centered around Christ. It is all about Christ. Within verse 6, we see that we are called by Christ. More in fact, we are called by the grace of Christ. 
Our salvation is the grace of Christ. His life, death, and resurrection is His message. That is what grace is. It is given to us and we did nothing to deserve it. Why is grace so scary? Euler, as I mentioned earlier, was a mathematician and physicist. What many people don't know is that he started attending school to become a minister, a student of the Word. He studied Hebrew and Greek, and he was a full-time theologian, but then he felt God calling him to math. He's quoted, The more easily we observe the order in a given thing, the simpler and the more perfect we consider it, and therefore we receive pleasure and delight from it. On the other hand, if the order is discerned with difficulty and seems less simple and distinct, we perceive something like sadness. For the last 2,000 years, the Jews believed that they had to sacrifice, obey dietary law, obey the Sabbath, obey all of the commands and the law of God to experience a relationship and you know, uh, salvation within God. They had observed this over and over and over and over and over and over again. That is why it is scary to them. Because for 2,000 years they were told one thing and now all of a sudden it changed. Just imagine being a Jew in that society. You were born at the beginning of the century. You were taught this is what your life will consist of. Then all of a sudden a man named Jesus claims to be the Son of God dies on the cross, resurrects from the dead, and then, you know, sends out his disciples. I'm sorry if I would have believed that what I had been told for the last 2,000 years was correct and not this man named Jesus. Jesus was a revolutionary. And either you, you believe him wholeheartedly or you don't. That is not where the Judaizers went wrong. They believe in Jesus Christ. They believe what he said. They just don't believe that they have to stop obeying the law. Because it is scary to them to change their mind, to realize that there is nothing they can do. In verse 8 we see, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. Again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what is accepted, let him be eternally condemned. That's pretty harsh. What Paul is saying is they need to be cast out. They are no longer a part of the church. So the people who think they're doing the right thing, the people who are obeying the laws of circumcision, dietary law, and sacrifice, are no longer in the in crowd. So what you're telling me is the people who are doing everything are no longer doing the right thing, and the people who are doing nothing are now doing the right thing. That doesn't make sense. Paul doesn't have anything to gain from this. Paul doesn't want to, to preach this message because he feels that he'll get something from it. If he did, then he would be just like the Judaizers. He would be trying to get something out of what he is doing. But he has come into interaction with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, and he has realized there is nothing he can do.
in verse 10 says, I am not trying to win the approval of men. Or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Euler kind of had the same problem. He was a mathematician. He was a physicist. And all day he worked with numbers. All day he worked with the most brilliant and wisest people of the 18th century. I'm pretty sure he was persecuted. I'm pretty sure he was told he was wrong. But he still stayed in relationship and within reverence to Christ. He believed that everything came from the Creator. 17 years before he died, he went blind. But he still served the Lord. He still humbly believed in Christ and that there was nothing he could do. I see myself in this story. I see myself as a Galatian. I see myself being easily swayed by the Judaizers. Why do I say that? Because it doesn't make sense. How can me doing nothing equal everything? I thought that if I went to church, read the Bible, paid my tithes, didn't cuss, didn't watch bad movies, then I was saved. I thought that if I did things, I was something. But what I see now is that by being something, I do. As Dr. Obarczyk would say, are you a be-do or a do-be? I'd like to present kind of the final characteristic of this story. G plus N equals E. Or simply put, grace plus nothing equals everything. In us accepting Christ's grace, in us accepting the love of Jesus Christ, and realizing there is nothing we can give Him, then we can act out of that. Again, I turn to Euler. Euler wrote a lot of theology in defense in his later years because with being blind, he couldn't so much work with numbers. So he turned to his passion for the Lord. Now since all our happiness is directed toward God as our greatest good, man must strive with all of his powers to bring will to observe the whole law prescribed to him by God and to put himself in such a state of mind that he does it with joy and finds his greatest satisfaction therein. God didn't create the law to control us. He created the law for us to delight in it. We even see King David delight in the law. The law is a thing that makes us more in love with Christ. But unfortunately, the Judaizers were perverting the law, perverting the original gospel. We also see Jesus Christ himself say that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. With all that said, it makes me be appreciative of Euler and his work. It makes me see that you could be the smartest man and actually give something to society. He gave us the ability to create formulas and have notation to express simple math. Before this, 
we didn't have the technology of physics to build graphs. The man who could give something to us realized that he could give nothing to God. And in that, he got to experience the grace of Jesus Christ and then give it all back to him. So in my life, I'd like to do the same. I'm no mathematician, I'm no physicist, I'm no genius, but I know that I can be delightful in what God has given, and given me by realizing that I can give Him nothing in return. Thank you.